it's so competitive that buyers are willing to do almost anything to get their offer looked at above someone else's. In my 14 years of doing it, I haven't seen anything this extreme. And what's happening now is that it's so competitive that all the protection in the contract is all kind of going out the window because buyers are just willing to do whatever they can to get a property. It's sure stressful buying or selling a house in this real estate market. We've been talking a lot about the process we went through in selling Stack Reno. And today we're diving in even deeper by bringing in real estate expert, Christy McDonald, the agent who helped us buy and sell our houses into the conversation. She's sharing her best insider tips to make sure your home gets multiple offers and sells with ease. Welcome to Heart of the Home, a podcast exploring the personal histories that inspire our surroundings, candid conversations about the stories behind the pretty pictures, tales of design and renovations gone wrong and right, because a home isn't just a structure filled with themes, it's the people who live there. So join me as we explore the unique stories that help each of us find our way home. I'm so glad we could do this. All of these topics are really close uh, top of mind, I guess, because we just went through this with my house. Yes. So first, tell me, for those who don't know much about you, I mean, you're listed on our website, but tell me about your real estate background. Yeah. So I've been in real estate for over 14 years now, and I started out on working with a top producing agent. And I started out as his assistant, and then I was his office manager, and then his listing specialist for years. And then after I had my fourth baby, which is now four years ago, I've just been on my own. And I, I love real estate. I've It's been something that really has enhanced my life. I felt like when I was a kid, I remember my, we moved around a lot growing up. And there was one specific memory I have. I think it was like nine years old in my family had moved to Chicago when we were driving around with an agent. And I remember thinking, I would like to do that. And I had that little feeling. And then I just, I never thought when I went to college, that was something I'd pursue. And it just kind of naturally progressed that way. And it's something I'm so grateful for. I love it. I love real estate. Well, I mean, you're my best friend. And so I would say wonderful things about you anyway, but you're a very, very talented real estate agent. And everyone who works with you loves you. Um, You're just always my biggest cheerleader, though. So, (laughs) well, it's the truth. It's easy to cheer someone on who's genuinely really wonderful at what they do. Um, I felt like it would be really beneficial for people. This current real estate market is very difficult to navigate. It's hard to navigate for people selling. It's hard to navigate for people buying. So, I thought it would be really helpful to sit down with you and kind of just talk about give give advice for people who are selling and buying. So today's episode is going to be all about selling your house. Let's talk about what kind of market this is for sellers. Wow. I mean, it's the cream of the crop right now if you are a seller, because we are just across the nation, and especially in Utah, but it's happening across the nation, is there's a historic shortage, historic shortage of inventory. So we are at all-time lows for inventory. So last time I checked in Utah, the March statistic was we're down 68% of homes from where we were March of 
in 2020. So that means if you are trying to find a house and you have a small geographical area that you're looking in, what does that mean? It's nearly impossible to find a house that's on the market. I mean, I'm sure you see it like as you're driving around, there's just not as many for sale signs. If any, like if you can find them, it's, you know, one here and there that just, there's just not as many homes on the market at Why all. is that though? Is it because so many buy- more buyers are out there? Is it because not as many people are selling their homes right now? Is it a combination of the, of the two? Yeah, it's a combination of a lot of things. And this is just from my experience. You know, I don't claim to be an expert of any of this. This is just from what I'm seeing in the market. Number one is before you'd have a lot of sellers test the market. Like, hey, let me test the market and see if I could get this value for my home. And then you know what? If I could get that, it'd be worth it for me to move. Well, sellers are not, if you do not have somewhere to go, you are not putting your home on the market. So the sellers that I'm helping, it's either one, they're moving out of state for a job opportunity. They're making a, a big change. And so that's why they've sold. Two, they have a home that has been under construction for a few months. And so their home is finishing and that's how they can sell. Or like you, you have found something in your neighborhood and you found it by going to just like kind of working your sphere, word of mouth. And that is, again, I helped another buyer recently last week and that was just from word of mouth. I we're getting so desperate. It's like, you can't just wait for things to come on the market anymore. You have to see like, is there any way we can get a property that's off market? Someone that's thinking about selling, is there a way to get that house before it hits the market? Because it's dangerous to try and sell your house without somewhere to go. I was just telling you before we started recording, I have two friends who thought, oh, it's such a hot market. I'm going to sell my house, Mm -hmm. you know, and now they cannot find oh anywhere gosh, else to I go. Hate it. And I have clients texting me like everyone. I mean, it's great if you are in a home because you have all this equity, right? You have probably hundreds of thousands of equity if you've been in your home for eight to, to five years, even two years. You know, it's it's insane. So they'll text me like, oh my gosh, is my house really worth this much? If I were to list it, could I get this? And I'm like, absolutely you could, but where would you go? Where are you going to go? And so that's causing a shortage of inventories that you are not listing your home unless you already have somewhere to go. Because it is such a seller's market right now, I've seen an interesting thing happen with the market, you know, because I obsessively look at Zillow (laughs) and Zip Realty every single night, um, as I'm sure you do too, uh, more than me. But I, I, I don't think I do as much as other people. <laughs> I have a sister-in-law who she, I swear she sees things before I come on the, before I see them. A lot of times she's always looking. I think if you're outside of real estate and you like real estate, you're always like looking on Zillow or oh, that's what I do every Utah real night. estate. And yeah, no, I, since that's my job, you know, you probably don't look at design things all night, which I like to look at pillows and furniture. And you're probably sick of that by the evening comes. So that's how I am. I'm like, Oh, I don't need to look at it at night. (laughs) Well, I've been watching something interesting happen because the market is so hot, specifically in Utah. I mean, it's happening nationwide, but it's also really, Mm -hmm. really happening in Utah. I think Mm -hmm. you told me actually Utah is one of the hottest markets in the country. We were number one in the country. I think our days on market was only four days on market. And that was number one in the country. So 
and don't quote me, I mean, I don't have my, my stats in front of me, but yes, we were the lowest, I mean, the fastest selling market. And then our appreciation from last year was the highest in the nation too. I think it was 15.9%. So that's crazy. But everywhere is seeing this shortage of inventory. And then what that does is just create the increase of prices because the supply demand, you know, there's no supply. So the demand just increases. So you kind of see like people throwing things on the market for really, really, really high prices that are garbage. Like Mm -hmm. they don't, they don't take pretty pictures. Mm -hmm. They don't try and clean it up. They're asking as high, you know, and there have been some parodies out about it lately because it's like, wow, is it really worth that? Like this is a piece of junk, Mm -hmm. right? Do you, but I've also seen it backfire a couple times where they've asked the very, very top of the market. It's not worth that. People know it's not worth that. And it sits. Yes. And it sits. So I have seen that. I mean, it's very rare, but if someone is going to try to price their home, let's say $100,000 more than really what it's worth, it will just sit. So you can't be crazy with your, your value and think, Oh, I'm gonna. My house is worth five fifty. I'm gonna try for seven hundred thousand. It will sit. Now, if your home is worth, let's say the highest comparables five twenty five, and you want to try to list it, I mean, this is and this is what I told you, Jen. Just list it for what we think market value is, because you are going to be able to probably get even more than you can imagine at that price. So, most of the, this one seller I had. We're like, let's just price it where comps are and let's see what happens. And we got $30,000 above list. Same thing with you. We priced it where we thought was reasonable and we got, I don't know if you know how much more above list, hundreds, of, hundreds of thousands of dollars above list. The price right now, it really like sellers are so worried. Am I going to leave money on the table? Am I gonna, If I price it this low, am I going to leave money on the table? That was a big concern for you because- you had done so much work on your home. You didn't cut any corners. And so there was that question, like, are we going to go too low? And what I'm seeing is just there will be a willing buyer that is going to come in in most properties and will pay beyond what we think it is worth. So when you're picking a price for your home, your strategy is... No, price what you think comps are around or what you think is fair. And the buyers will drive the price up. Absolutely. So if you just price it fair and maybe even a little bit lower than what you wanted, like I know on your home, we probably priced it $50,000 below what you were hoping for, but it was, it created an interest and, you know, such a buzz for it in three days. And then our our prices were beyond and most or our offers were even all of the offers were pretty much beyond our starting point. I don't even think we got one offer at list price. Did we No. So yeah, everyone, I mean, buyers know if they want to be competitive in this market, they're typically going to have to pay well over list. Yeah. And we're so, going to have a whole episode coming up with you on buyers because I do not envy buyers right no, now. No, I don't. But let's talk about, okay, so you decide, you've you've decided, okay, I'm going to sell my house. I think it's worth this. This is what I'm going to list it as. I have somewhere else I'm going to go next. So I've already figured that out. 
what is, are the steps that people should be taking to prep their house to sell? So some of the first things that I say is just get your curb appeal looking perfect. There's been studies that have been done that people, buyers, when they pull up to your house, they will already have decided that this is their house. You know, that they they want it, they love it just from the front. Wow. Okay, yes, from the front. It's like a whole psychological thing. That How if you interesting, front, because mm-hmm. the house that we're buying has like zero curb appeal. Uh, well, you... And that's, and that's how you're we able looking. to get it. That's I what mean, we most people for. can't see it. Most people don't. And so you need to have your front looking as beautiful as you can. So you want the grass green. You want the weeds gone. Fresh mulch. I, I will preach and preach about new mulch for all houses. I know John, he wasn't going to put some mulch in that one spot by your, your house. And yeah. then he went and got fresh mulch. He's like, wow, that really does make a difference. It really makes a huge difference and it's cheap. I try to recommend things to sellers that are not going to break the bank and just really will give you a big return. And mulch is one of probably the number one thing. I How think. interesting. Yes. I don't it know that a lot of people would so think fresh. of mulch. No, it makes it look so fresh. So grass green, weeds gone, mulch. If you can add some pop of color around your front door or plant a little bit of annuals in your beds, just a little bit of color, that really helps peeling paint, you know, any peeling paint that you have on the exterior around door frames is really big. So when you go to the front door and you see the paints peeling or that it's scratched or dirty, you know, just it kind of is off putting from the start. So just taking care of like those little things on the paint exterior, your windows are huge to get clean. If there's a lot of water spots, it doesn't look nice. The same thing with your exterior lights. You want you know, any dirt and grime and, and cobwebs. Bugs, all that gone. Yeah. The Heart of the Home continues in just a moment. Hey, everyone. Just letting you know about our accessories collection now on Stag Design Shop. It's growing from candlesticks to rugs to luxurious throws. These items will elevate your home and make great companions to our artwork, pillows, and existing accessories. You can view the new collection for yourself at stagdesignshop.com. That's stag with two Gs. So we had our windows cleaned. You suggested that. Um, We planted our planters. We put down fresh mulch. You know, it was interesting to kind of see you walk around and and get your perspective because I think of things, you know, from a designer's perspective, right? But you're thinking of them as like what people are going to see. And so just kind of like following you around, I think was really insightful. Okay, so people... Yeah, so you fall getting your curb appeal just as nice as you can. And then I like to compare it on the inside to, you know, I'm sure you've seen the movie Hitch with Will Smith. Yes. So his, what he would say to his clients are, they're already on the date with you. Your job is just not to mess it up. So they're already at your house. They've already fallen in love with the outside. Your job now is just not to mess it up on the inside, which is just hire hire a cleaning lady or really give your house a nice, deep clean. That's it. I mean, that's a not not that's it, but that's a huge thing. As long as it's clean. I mean, when you're walking through a home and you see that the countertops couldn't be wiped down for a showing, oh my gosh. or that the, the toilet couldn't be cleaned for a showing, and just the floor, if there's 
you know, things on the floor. Dust. Just dust. Just things like that. It really will make you like, wow, this home, I guess, hasn't been cared for. On the reverse, if it is really clean and it's your baseboards are spotless, like this home has been well-maintained. So I can have a seller who hasn't maintained their house at all, but we get it a nice deep clean. It's like, oh, wow, this, it just shines up like a new penny. It makes such a difference. And you specifically said when we were getting our house cleaned before showings, you said, make sure she cleans all of the baseboards, wipes down all of the the doors, doors, all of the light fixtures. Yeah. And our house was pretty clean before, but you were like, no, you need to pay attention to these few things. Yep. Okay. So now your house is clean. Um, Windows cleaned and then paint touch-ups. You guys did that, and I think that's important. Just uh, again around your baseboards, your door handles, your doors—just little touch-ups. Like it's not a lot of work, but just getting all of the walls looking nice. And then a lot of paint touch-up is caused because you want your personal photos and any personal items off your walls. So you had a few. I mean, of course, it's your home. You you live Gallery in it. So walls. You walk, yeah, yeah, you. You want that in your home, but when someone is walking through your home, you want them to be able to envision their family living there. And when you have your photos, they're just thinking about your family that lives there, not themselves. How interesting. It's totally psychological. It is. Because you'll look and be like, oh, this is what it does is you have a beautiful, beautiful family. And so they'll look and be like, oh, look at this family that lives here. And they're not really thinking about envisioning their family, my family photos on the wall. So that's why you want those down. And you can have some people sometimes go to an extreme and take everything down and then there's nothing on the walls and it looks weird. But so if you're going to take down personal photos, I'd recommend putting up a nice like neutral, like landscaping, painting or artwork, something else that the walls don't feel completely bare. But um, definitely removing personal items helps a lot. Another big suggestion that I have that this was hard or this is probably your challenge, and this is in most homes, is there's a lot of things in the closets. A lot of clothes, a lot of shoes, a lot of backpacks, a lot of toys. But this, you wanted to remove, you, we literally took our... Two-thirds out. Two-thirds out, yes. you guys. Two-thirds of your closets out. Yes. And we still had to live there, mm-hmm. right? And so that was That's a hard. real challenge. That was hard. We were like packing away toys and clothes and, you know, and the girls are like mad. <laughs> <laughs> and I she blame it on you. She my slinky. Right? <laughs> That's what Anna was saying the other night. Like, mom, where's my giant slinky? And I was like, Christy did it. <laughs> it's but Christy's it, fault. You don't want to open a pantry or a coat closet and have things, you know, spilling out at you and you want them, even if, you know, your pantry's small in your home and they're like, Oh, I don't like this. So I tell a seller, or if that's one of their hot buns, we want, or the hot buns for moving, you know, I want this, I want this. We don't want a buyer to see, Oh, that pantry is small. I don't know if I'd like it. So you want your closets, your master bedroom closet. That's a big one. You want it to look big, your pantry to look big. And so if you have everything filled to the brim, it's just, it's not going to look good. So we put that much stuff in a storage unit. What can, what can people do with this stuff if they don't have a storage I know. unit? If you can't get a storage unit, then I say stack it up nice in a, if you have a part in your basement, a lot of 
sellers than you to have an unfinished basement. So stack it all neat in an unfinished part of your basement. Don't put it all over your basement. Like in boxes. I'd rather, yes, I'd rather see everything all in one side of it, not scattered throughout. Or your garage, you would take one side of your garage and just stack everything on that part. Not again, the whole garage, because you want to be able to see, okay, this is a two-car garage or this is a three-car garage, but at least like one side, if you can't get a storage unit. I mean, you guys, that was really great that you did that because you got a, was able to get a lot of things out of the home and and still have your storage spaces you know, usable and not, not filled. But if you can't do it, for sure, just a garage space. If you have a storage shed, some people put it in their shed, unfinished basement. Okay. But it really does help. And also just clearing out clutter, even from your rooms, because you like bedrooms or family rooms, you want to be able to walk in and have like an, a, a full doorway. So think about if someone's going into a bedroom, can two people go through? Is it not going to be tight and awkward if we're trying to open a door or open our closet? So I'm sure as a designer, your home, like we took some furniture pieces out and it probably felt a little empty and it didn't look as nice as it would with all of the the furniture and decor, but it helps just for people to be able to walk around and, and see the home. And you went so far as to clean out drawers like cabinets. If, you know, I had I have one cabinet in my kitchen that has a bunch of cookbooks, right? And you were mm. like, oh, some of the cookbooks have to come out. Oh, yeah, and I thought, stuffed. yeah, and I was yeah. like, nobody is going to look in this cookbook cupboard. Guess what? One of the people walking through looked in the cup cupboard. You know how I know? Yeah. Because I was stalking the security cameras. But I saw someone like open up and they were like, oh, they oh do. yeah, they buyers, they will open in here. Yep. Drawers cabinets. And that's what you want them to do. You want to be able to feel like they can do that. Another big thing I recommend is sometimes sellers want to be home for showings or walk through the home with buyers. It makes buyers feel so uncomfortable. It's just, they don't feel like they can really see the home and open things. And so never be home when you're doing showings. Let the buyer be in the home and feel comfortable. Um, Okay. So now you've cleaned your house, you've decluttered your house. Um, let's talk about staging and photos next. Yes. I know it's interesting because you had really beautiful photos of your home just from as you design different rooms. And it is so vital, especially now in our, in our world where everyone will look at a home online first. Now, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. Like people would drive by, you know, and always see the photos, but you have to have great online photos because that's where people are going to be looking first as you are up late at night looking on Zillow. Like that's Mm -hmm. what people are doing. So you have to have, that's the first, you know, impression of a home is from the photos. But even the pretty photos that I had, you were like, you know what? We need different photos. Yeah. Just because, uh, a professional home photographer, like, if, and it could be anyone, anyone who like just specializes in it. They do have different cameras and wide angles, 
And did you say different contrast than what you would take as a designer? Yes. Yes. The way mm. that they edit photos and the completely lighting, different. it's just completely different. And when you first suggested it to me, I was like, I don't yeah, like we have the way lots that of those photos. photos yeah. Look. We can use these, you know, and you You're were like, fine. no, I really think we need to do it. And so I was like, okay, let's do it. I trust you. Mm-hmm. And so you brought in a photographer that you'd mm. worked with before that specializes, specializes in real estate photography and they're not my favorite style of photo, right. but they really look beautiful and they showcase yes. the house. Yes. They turn out so beautiful. And it's just because that wide angle lens, it just, you can see, especially like in your, and this is other people's houses as well. Like when you have a, a dining family kitchen area, you know, like a big space, it's hard to capture that without a certain type of lens. And so where you can see the flow in between the rooms and, you know, there's Photos from your entryway where you can kind of see, oh, that goes into the kitchen or this goes here that leads you here. So that's a really nice thing about having a professional home photographer come in. I highly recommend that. We also did um, a handout. We put together a handout. Why do you think that was a good idea? There's certain things. So on the MLS description, which if... I would say 90% of homes, you know, if they're getting sold are going to go through the MLS and from the MLS description, that's what gets fed into to Zillow or to Trulia, you know, all the dozens of other real estate websites. However, you, I don't know if it bugs you, but I, it bugs me so bad when there's maybe a two paragraph description on a home. It's like, no one's going to read through all of this. Like it really has to be like bullet points, short sentences, very quick in that MLS description that then goes to the other websites. So there wasn't everything about your home that we could feature in that that brief little remark yeah. section. So it's nice to have something in the home that will really walk you through every upgrade that's been done. And it's this type of appliance and these type of floors and these windows and you know all the, the things that your home you know, features and all the upgrades. So it's nice to have that so the buyer can have that when they're walking through the home and it doesn't clutter up your your remarks online. So there we like printed them out on like a front and back, nice quality mm-hmm. paper with beautiful photos and all of the extra things that we couldn't put um, in the listing. And then we, you kind of placed them. You got my house ready for all of the showings every day. So, it was so fun. Let's actually let's go into that a little bit. Talk about what you should do to get your house ready for a showing. So for showings, number one thing is always turn on all your lights. And especially too, if it's even when you your home is on the market, I always tell sellers, leave your exterior lights on the whole night. Because people will be driving by after work. Like even if they're not coming to see it, a lot of times buyers will drive by a house before they are with their agent and actually going to see the home. So always have your lights on anytime your, your, your signs up just so, you know, people, anyone who's driving by will look at it. So lights always on, you want to get doors open. You don't want to have them like fidgeting, like trying to find, you know, where the light switches are or, Oh, how do I enter this room? especially with COVID too, is interesting. There's, you don't want buyers touching, you know, all the lights and all the doors. And so, you know, we had people remove their shoes, 
leave on all lights because we just didn't want people touching unnecessary things in your home. And you can ask people like we made that a request Mm -hmm. with all of the agents, like, please remove your shoes. Doesn't mean they all follow it, which is so sad. But yes, we did make that request. I know. Every time I saw somebody who wasn't removing their shoes, I was like, come on, take your shoes off. They have their shoes on. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Show some respect. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So all the lights on. You also turned on music. Yeah. I like having a little music, not where it's overpowering, but I think we just like a Nora Jones playlist at a small, you know, just a, a casual little, you know, something in the background. You always want it to smell nice and clean. And so that's what cleaning it is really good. Like you had the house cleaner come before, like the day before you listed. So it just smelled great. And, and we left. And then, yes. I feel like that's one of the more brilliant things that we've done. Yes. We and that really wasn't as planned. It was just like, that was the timing it of things. It just happened But it was way. brilliant. Yes. Because then you did not have to, it's so stressful for young families with children to try to leave and then come back and then they have to tidy up every single time. And it was just so nice because your home was spotless for three days. And that's what we did. Like we're only doing showings for these three days. And then you don't have to worry about any of it. That was really... That was brilliant. And that just kind of happened to be. So if you can go out of town for that weekend, and now most homes are selling in a weekend. So it, before, you know, when it's normal, I mean, even fast would be like 30 days on market, like a yeah. month. So it's not feasible for that. But in this climate we're in, it really is feasible for most people to be like, oh, I'm going to, we'll just get away for the weekend. And my house will sell. And it will sell yeah. while I'm gone. Yeah. What are some things that maybe are unusual that sellers could request or ask for right now that in a normal market weren't possible. Right. It's, it's really anything. I mean, I don't want to say anything, but the, it's so competitive that buyers are willing to do almost anything to get their offer looked at above someone else's. And so when we listed yours, we just thought, you know, we didn't know if it would be in the realm of possibilities to be like, hey, let's maybe rent back for a few days and see what happens. Well, I had agents calling me from really night one. Okay, what does your seller want? What can we do to stand out? It was do crazy. They, and I didn't even, I actually wasn't the first to bring this up. They would all ask me, do they want to stay in the home? Would they want to rent back for free? So it's almost like we didn't even have to ask that because then it, they were just offering it. We didn't even think that was a possibility. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. We right. really did not even think that was a possibility, but it has made it so much easier oh my gosh. for yes. us to now prep to start our next remodel, find somewhere else to go, like rent temporarily, knowing that we could just, we had that pad. And, we're t- and it's not like just an anomaly for you. It seems like every, if I'm working with a buyer or with a seller, yeah, from my experience last month, every, if it was my buyer or my seller, they've all gotten to stay in their home for longer than expected. And the buyers have all been willing to rent back to them for however long they want. Not, I mean, yours is the longest I've seen. That was two and a half months. 90 days. 90 days. I mean, I had one that was 10 days, another's a month and a half, and this is all free. I mean, it's 
they're not buyers aren't even charging for a seller to stay in the home after they've sold it because that they're just trying to to have their offer stand out. Have you ever seen anything like this? No, not this extreme. In my 14 years of doing it, I haven't seen anything this extreme. And it's so hard as a as an agent because I wouldn't we have our contract wherever state you're in. Different states will favor either a buyer or seller depending upon where you are. Our Utah contract heavily favors a buyer. They it protects the buyer. So there's certain things you know, like your earnest money, you can receive it back if you find something do, during an inspection period that's you know wrong or it's a red flag. And what's happening now is that it's so competitive that all the protection in the contract is all kind of going out the window because buyers are just willing to do whatever they can to get a property. Because they're so, desperate. Because they're desperate. Yeah, there's desperate and there's just so, just that so little inventory. And so as a seller, it's, it's really fabulous because you you have complete. I don't want to say you have complete control, but it's really you do because you just the buyers. There's no, there's just nothing, no leverage that buyers have right now. Sellers have all the leverage. Um, so something else I just wanted to touch on really briefly that I'm seeing more and more and is happening with our house too is that the buyers asked to purchase some of our furnishings. Mm-hmm. Um, is that unusual? Is that something that, you know, I'm seeing it happen a lot more now. So talk about that a little bit and how you price those items. It is happening more. I don't want to compliment you, Jen, but it's obviously like how you have staged the home made it more obvious for someone to well, want to buy your furniture. That's Hello. nice of you. So it, it does, it definitely does happen. I wouldn't say that's the norm right now for buyers to request furniture, but obviously we see it. And I would just, for pricing wise, I wouldn't say, I mean, just be competitive with, I mean, it's used furniture and, but if you've, you've, you spent more on an item, then, you know, you can keep the price higher if it's less. I mean, I think you did a really great job of pricing of not going too high, not too low. I would I went about 50% of retail for Mm -hmm. everything, but it was hard too, because I kept thinking, oh, I'm just going to have to turn around and buy something else, you know? And so I kind of went back and forth between like, do I really want to sell sell this? this? Do Mm -hmm. I not want to sell it? But in the end, I ended up selling everything she asked for. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everything the buyer asked for, we ended up selling. And you're a designer, so it'll be fun for you, I think, in the next home to... Totally. To have your own. Yes. Get all new things for that. Yes, it will. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, We're going to dive into the next episode with Christy coming up, and it is specifically for buyers. So if you are in the market to buy a house, Christy is going to have a ton of great advice for you on how to get your offer to the top. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and you've been listening to The Heart of the Home. I hope you'll subscribe, review, and rate this podcast, and tune in next episode for more Heart of the Home. Thank you so much for listening.